What's up, star babes? My name is Rina Sengupta, and I am the host of this podcast, the founder of Starstruck Astrology, and I am so excited that you are tuning in to this bonus episode. The information in this bonus episode is really information that I feel like anyone who wants to dive deeper into astrology and specifically their connection and understanding of the moon, like this is the information you need to know or else you're not going to make it very far. Like this is the baseline information that I believe is essential to really deepen your astrology practice and ultimately build that just incredible and magnetic relationship to your own self. So I'm happy and excited that you're going to dive in today. You're going to learn so much. But before we get into the good stuff, if you're not already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review. When you leave that five-star review, make sure you include a little love note with it. I love to see those messages because they really help me to get clear on what you like, what should I lean into more, and also for anyone who's kind of browsing podcasts and has never listened to a Starstruck episode before, your little love notes help to add in some color, help to prepare them for what could be possible for them to experience when they listen. So. I appreciate and love those notes so, so much. While you're at it, make sure you're following Starstruck Astrology on Instagram. It's starstruck, two underscores, astrology. Send me a little DM when you follow along. I love to be connected with all of you. So don't be shy. I'm here not just to be your astrologer, but kind of run alongside you as your like cosmic bestie as we as we move through life, as we figure out all the things. So once you've done all those things, this is definitely an episode where I recommend taking notes. It can be in your phone. You can sit down with a notebook. Maybe you just like listen with a little bit more intention. If you're an audible learner, I know a lot of podcast people are audible processors. So maybe it's just listening a little bit more deeply, but there's going to be lots of juicy info in here. And we're going to dive right in. I think over the last two or three years, I have really seen a rise in popularity when it comes to moon work, which is incredible. I mean, the more people we have on this planet tuning in, dropping into Earth's natural cycles, connecting to astrology in any way, I mean, that's a world where people are more in tune with their own alignment, their rhythms, more in tune with the rhythms of the collective whole. That's a world where people understand themselves a little bit more fully and with more compassion. It's a world where people acknowledge that, you know, there are influences, you know, here to serve your growth outside of, of your own self. So I love, I love, I love anything that makes astrology more popular and more accessible. And as moon work has become more popular and more accessible, I've noticed that there's been a little bit of a, what's the word, like dissolution. Um, like it's gotten a little watered down. It's gotten a little redundant. Like the hype has gotten higher, but the actual information and um, general space holding has become watered down, which again, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because the more 
watered down something is, the more accessible it can be, the faster it can spread, you know? Like, that's really important to, to get people with that first engagement. But if you're here, it's because, like, you've already been there and you're ready to learn more about your chart. You're ready to learn more about the stars. You want to go beyond the surface level, beyond the trendy, and really understand the depths and proficiency so that you can get massive transformation from the stars. You want to lean into the stars and understand them as a larger system and also use them as a tool for your own deep shadow work healing. So with that, I always vow to give you the deepest explanation of the stars of astrology, but in layman's terms. Like I, I really want to be that bridge between the trendy and you know, the deeper conversations. I want to help to teach you that language. So I really wanted to make this episode today because I think a lot of people now have a pretty steady relationship with the moon. You know, you first get called in because it's trendy and it's a full new moon night and you're supposed to write some things on paper and burn them or you're supposed to take a bath. Like we've all heard these things, right? And I really, my intention for this episode is to help you more deeply understand when to do those specific things and why and what the impact on you actually is when you lean into those things. So we're going to start from the very beginning because when we're working with the moon, the first thing I really want to lay down here is that we are working in tandem with a cycle. And I think that is what gets missed a lot of times when uh, you're maybe entering the moon work sphere is that full moons get a lot of hype. I mean, first of all, they're beautiful. We all can see it. And since we all see it, we all start talking about it. And, and that's kind of how full moons are meant to be. Full moons of all the phases of the moon are, is the most extroverted. It's the most loud. It's the most bright. It's the most fun. And so full moons get a lot of hype. But what I've noticed is it's creating this scenario where a lot of people are tapping into moon magic on the full moon and don't realize that your full moon ritual, whatever it may be, gets so much stronger when you actually work with the new moon, when you work with the beginning of the cycle. It's like you're, you know, you signed up for, you decided to enroll yourself in college, but then you're starting second semester. Like it's because the full moon is so visible and so bright, everyone right now is jumping in during the second semester, not realizing that their whole interaction with the curriculum would be so much better supported if they started with the first semester and then queued them up. And, you know, there's no, I, I want to preface this too by also like disclaiming there's no wrong way to connect with the moon. It's intuitive. And so, you know, if you fall off of track for a bit with moon work and then happen to jump back in on a full moon, great. That's fine. Like it, it is very visible and very bright and we feel it and we want to express it and we're maybe crying. And so that makes sense. But I really want to hone down that if you're enjoying the full moon rituals and you want to lean into them more and know more about them, 
absolutely, absolutely prioritize the new moon. So beginning there with the new moon. The new moon is the first phase of the moon cycle. And it is when the moon is what we call conjunct the sun. So the moon and the sun are kind of like right next to each other in the sky. And because of that, the moon has no light from the sun to reflect. So the moon is totally in its darkness. And because the moon is in its darkness and not reflecting anything, we can't see it. Since we can't see it, it's the beginning of the moon cycle because it's like all the lights have gone down. Because we can't see it, if you think back just 200 years ago, right before electricity, that meant that that night of the new moon was an extremely dark night because there is absolutely no source of light in the sky other than the stars. Because of that, you likely, and let's bring ourselves back like thousands and thousands of years ago, because of that, you likely didn't leave your home or your safe space because it was dark. You could not see what was out there, right? So that's on a technical level. It's dark, and so you're just staying home, and since you're staying home, you are really tuning into your, you're just sitting with yourself. You're sitting with your inner workings. I mentioned this briefly, but the stars are very visible because the moon is not so bright. And so you're quite literally looking at the inner workings of both yourself and the universe. You can see all the constellations. Okay, when we think about it astrologically, kind of diving into the, the meaning, when the moon is right next to the sun, we emotionally feel because that's the moon, we emotionally feel our identity because the sun is our identity. And that's what happens when two planets are next to each other, we like compound their meaning. So we have the moon, emotion, we have the sun, identity. When they're next to each other, we emote, we feel around our identity. We tune into our sense of self. Because we are tuning into our sense of self, because we are sitting in more stillness, we are staying with ourselves at home, it's dark in the night sky. This is an incredible time to set intentions or manifestations because you're doing so from a place of really being true with yourself. There's not a lot of outside influence. Okay, so that's the first phase of the moon cycle is that we really want to start this work on the new moon so that we can get quiet, we can get dark, we can go within and then set a clear intention from there. This then brings us to the next phase of the moon. The moon is starting to, over the next few days, getting brighter, getting bigger and so during this time we are starting to take action we are leaning in we are making decisions we are kind of initiating through those first few steps this eventually brings us to the first quarter moon so that's when you look up in the night sky and you can see the moon kind of split exactly in half and it's this like really nice satisfying clean line down the moon during the first quarter moon this is the time to check in with your action plan. 
you've been kind of starting to feel more motivated, make more decisions. And so on that first quarter moon, it's like, okay, I've been starting to get moving. Now, what's my action plan? And this can be specifically related to the intention or manifestation that I set on the new moon. Once we have that first quarter moon and our action plan is then rolling, then that eventually brings us up and up and up. The moon keeps illuminating more and more and more, and that brings us to the full moon. Coming back to this reference point of let's go like thousands of years back, on the full moon night, that was the night where we had the most light in the night sky. And if you've ever gone camping on a full moon night or maybe been in a certified dark sky community on a full moon night which by the way if you don't know what that is so there are a few cities mostly in the american west or american southwest and they are certified dark sky cities so they really keep maintenance on any light pollution so that you can actually see the stars. I know Sedona is a certified dark sky community. Um, that's the only specific one I can think of off the top of my head, but it's just really incredible to go there for stargazing because they really protect it as a natural beauty and right, kind of the same way we have national parks. These communities protect, you know, the ability to visually see the sky and the stars and when you can go to a dark sky community and look up talk about your spiritual cup being filled like it is absolutely something i think everyone needs to do at least once a year and i know that like travel sometimes can be hard or if you are traveling it's hard to prioritize a dark sky community but if you're into this work like uh, this is i'm telling you to prioritize it and, and get that fuel each year of just getting this spiritual reminded of what literally exists all around us at all times we just can't see, either because it's daytime or there is massive light pollution. Anyway, back to my original point. So there is, on full moons, the most light. Sometimes so, if you've ever been woken up because the moon was so bright in your window on a full moon night. Because of this, kind of exactly opposite to the new moon on full moons us as humans have the tendency to kind of venture out a little bit more right because we can see we can guarantee our safety so we're like okay i'm gonna go over and see what neighbor sally is up to because like whoa you tend to um just have this awe of looking at the full moon and think about it in life now i mean i think every full moon everybody goes whoa look at the moon <laughs> and it starts this conversation so on full moon nights we are in this pattern of, of leaving our safe space reflecting in awe initiating conversation and then from that comes a sort of like celebration this wildness there's full moon parties there's full moon gatherings there's community conversation and I'm saying all of this like merely just from the fact that there is more light at night. And so this increase of light 
has us behave in different ways, let alone the emotional influence of the moon. And when the moon is full, we are emotionally expanded. And so we act a little wild and we want to have release and all of these things. So if on the new moon you set your intention, then you started to take action as the moon was growing on the first quarter moon, you checked in with your action plan. Then the moon kept growing. Then on the full moon, we get to this point where we have been culminating, growing, building, intensifying. And then on the full moon, we hit a point where it is time to release, to let go. As we release and let go, we reflect, we get insights, epiphanies, and clarity. As we get these insights, epiphanies, and clarity, it gives us permission and comfort to let go even more. Full moons are a time of illumination, witnessing. You just put two weeks worth of intention, grit, and work in. And on the full moon, it's that point of, I can't and I won't put my nose to the grind anymore because my emotions are big. There is literally more light. I can see things I wasn't seeing before. I am feeling things I wasn't feeling before that's gonna stop me in my tracks. I'm gonna shake loose. I'm gonna converse. I'm gonna process. I'm gonna release and clear. And then you have this huge, incredible release. At the end of full moons, you should feel clarity and release. And if you are not, that means that you are not processing your emotions. And it's normal on every full moon to have that emotional height, to maybe feel like you want to cry. But if you are staying stuck in that feeling of agitation and you're not ending the full moon with release and clarity, that feels really good. That means you need more of a ritual to help you process and release, which is why I made the full moon ritual packages. Okay, from there, the full moon then passes, the moon is starting to get smaller. During this time, we are continuing to release, but now we have more insight, we have more clarity. So we are releasing with discernment. We are giving ourselves feedback. We are editing. We are refining. We are clarifying based off the, the clarity we now have in ourselves. And by the last quarter moon, so again, that like perfect slice halfway down the moon, by the last quarter moon, that is our time to sit in discernment and to have specific feedback. And then from there, from the last quarter moon, it gets smaller, 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 smaller. We let go, we let go, we let go. We um, maybe divest ourselves from that intention, from that manifestation. And then come the next new moon, we drop back into our internal world, set the next intention manifestation. Okay, 
So that is the journey through the moon. We start with the intention. We invest ourselves through action and decision making. We reach this um, breaking point, this culmination point, this full saturation overflow point in which we are required to process our emotions, but then we, we reach clarity and release. Then we keep releasing for feedback, editing, and discernment. We divest ourselves from, so, so loosening any attachment over the intention or the manifestation, and then we begin anew, okay? So when you are doing your moon work, I hope this illuminates for you that it's not just hopping in on a full moon night and doing a, a bath because everyone and their mother on Instagram tells you to do a bath. I mean, of course, like I said, full moons are about interaction and being a little louder and connecting with your neighbor and having this incredible release. And so again, like I said at the beginning, if that's what you're doing, it's not wrong. But if you really want to get into it more, if you're feeling the call of understanding astrology and moon rituals in yourself better, I'm going to invite you to pay attention to start with the new moon. And on those nights when you look up and you see the moon is in its first quarter shape, make sure you're taking action, you're making decisions, you have an action plan. On the full moon nights, you're intentionally, emotionally processing to find that feeling of clarity. On the last quarter moon, so again, when that moon is perfectly split in half, you are discerning, you are giving yourself feedback, you are editing. And then as we work back down to the new moon, you're divesting, unattaching. This rhythm is something that I think is so tragically missed. And it makes me like emotional because the rhythm is exactly what we need in our society today so badly. We are just siloed and stuffed into these linear path conversations and this emphasis to just keep your nose on the grind and stay there until it's done and push 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 don't listen to your body just keep pushing because if you haven't achieved it yet then then you know sorry no validation for you no worthiness for you <laughs> And so while I love everyone joining in for the full moon, my biggest mission is to invite as many people as I can into the actual cycle of the moon, the rhythm of the moon, because that is the medicine that we need as a collective. And I think it's interesting, like seeing how the collective engages with the moon actually tells us a lot about where we are. Because right now, everyone has this high emphasis on full moons. And even if um, you're like, no, it's not true, like people talk about new moons just as much too. 
I literally have the data from content. When I post about new moons versus when I post about full moons, there's so much more engagement on the full moon. And I think it's just full moon energy. New moon energy, you're meant to go inwards. But I can literally see the data of like, wow, there's just this like heightened obsession with the full moon. And it does make sense based off of where we are as a collective now because we have not really been taught or passed down as a society the importance of emotional processing and release. Another component of the full moon that I didn't mention is that there's a lot of celebration because celebration is a form of release. We are not taught celebration as a society. We're taught validation. Here you go. Here's a trophy. Good job. But we're not taught actual celebration. At least it's not integrated. And so the fact that we as a society have this um, increased fixation on the full moon rather than any other phase, it makes sense because as a collective right now, we're deeply still learning how to emotionally process. And as an astrologer, as a healer, I know I'm here to guide those who are a step deeper in their work. So if you've been showing up for the full moons, if you've been tapping into them, if you've been doing the baths, if you've been writing down things on pieces of paper and burning them, if you've been setting your crystals out to charge, like, yes, go you, go you. And now, since you've, you've been there, you now know how to emotionally process, you're connected to that, let's get you into the rhythms. Let's get you feeling the rhythms of what it means to intuitively grow. There's a few other layers that I want to add in here. This, so let's say the moon phases, that's the first layer that we talked about today, just the phases and what they mean. What I also want to call out is that the phases happen in different signs each time. So if we have a new moon in Scorpio, the first quarter moon is in Aquarius, the full moon is in Taurus, and the last quarter moon is in Leo. So that means on the new moon, you're going inward, setting an intention, but around Scorpio topics because the moon is in Scorpio. So for example, um, setting an intention around intimacy because that's a Scorpio topic. Then on the first quarter moon, the first quarter moon would then be in Aquarius because that's like mathematically it's always going to be, ooh, did you hear my shoulder pop? <laughs> Mathematically, uh, the if the new moon is in one sign, the first quarter moon is going to be four zodiac signs away. So if the new moon's in Scorpio, we're setting the intention around intimacy, the manifestation around transformation, let's call it. Then on the first quarter moon, I'm taking action I'm making decisions, but in an Aquarius way. I'm making actions based off of innovation. I'm making decisions based off of my role as an individual in the collective, right? Because those are Aquarius topics. Then we have the full moon in Taurus. So I'm releasing, I'm emotionally processing, I'm celebrating 
on Taurus topics. So maybe I'm releasing in a bath <laughs> with a lot of candles, right? I want you to know I'm, I'm calling out baths, but no shade to baths. Like catch me in a bath every full moon. Catch me burning things. Like I, I'm using these as examples, but not to throw shade, but just to say like, okay, this is where we are and that's amazing. But like, don't think the work stops at the bath. Don't think that the astrology um, or, or or know that the astrology goes beyond just burning things. Like there's so much more for you here. Okay, so on the full moon in Taurus, you are releasing in sensually luxurious settings because that's a theme of Taurus is like the senses. So good smells, you're, you're releasing around good smells, you're maybe using aromatherapy to help you relax, you're um, ooh, having a nice tea while you reflect and maybe emotionally release, cry, but then also give major gratitude to the physical riches around you, you know? Because these are Taurus themes, okay? Then we move to the last quarter moon in Leo. So at this point, we are reflecting and editing. So maybe you're going back to the intention you set during the new moon, the intention for intimacy and transformation. And then on that last quarter moon in Leo, you're reflecting on what your journey with intimacy and transformation has been, but through the lens of Leo. So maybe you look back and reflect on it through the lens of your inner child, because Leo represents the inner child. Maybe you look at it through the lens of extravagance, drama, and flair, because those are also themes of Leo, but you're editing and reflecting through the lens of that zodiac sign. Okay, and so all of that shifts just like I won't run through the whole thing again. But as another example, if the new moon were in Sagittarius, the first quarter moon would be in Pisces, the full moon would be in Gemini, and then the last quarter moon would be in Virgo, because all of those signs are four apart from each other. So you would set the intention new moon in Sagittarius, you would set your intention, but around Sagittarius topics by doing Sagittarius style things. So maybe an intention to travel more. This would be a great new moon to burn things because it's a fire element zodiac signs. So like write on a sheet of paper. I am manifesting traveling more. Burn. Beautiful. Then I know I said I wouldn't run through it, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like doing it. Okay, so then the first quarter moon in Pisces, you're taking action, you're making decisions, you're making a plan, but through the lens of Pisces. So it's a lot of intuitive action. It's a lot of creative action. Maybe it's um, you know telling people your dream to travel more. Then on the full moon in Gemini, you're releasing, but through the lens of Gemini. So maybe you're just having like this incredible, like you go to a dinner party on the full moon and you just have this amazing conversation, like really telling the person next to you, like what's on your heart about traveling. And they're like, oh my God, same. And you just have this vibrant conversation together and you leave feeling so emotionally processed, released and clear. 
and maybe there's a serendipity moment and they're like oh my god i was actually thinking of going to mexico city to work remote in march do you want to come with me and you're like i don't know you but yeah (laughs) okay then last quarter moon would be in virgo so it would be editing and discernment and feedback but through the lens of virgo so maybe it would be following up with that person be like hey I know we didn't talk since the dinner party, but no, I'm pretty serious about working remote. Um, Let me know if you've looked into tickets. This is my budget, right? Those technical Virgo detailed things. Okay, the third layer that I want to add in is that all of this is based off of, all of this can be applied to your chart which gives you an even like super zoned in understanding of how that moon phase is specifically affecting you as an individual. Because everything we've done up until this point, this has all been how the moon and its phases and then the signs that it in is in affects everyone simultaneously. You know, like when the last quarter moon is in Virgo, The last quarter moon is in Virgo for everyone. So everyone gets this invitation to edit, reflect, give feedback, and review the technical details. But when you look at it based off of your chart, Virgo, I'll use my chart as an example. Virgo, for me, rules my 11th house. So I would be editing, reflecting, and reviewing based off of 11th house themes, which is the collective uh, hopes and wishes, humanitarianism. So let's run through this example. So let's say that we'll start from the beginning of the moon cycle. There's a new moon in Sagittarius. For me, because I'm a Scorpio rising, Sagittarius rules my second house because Sagittarius is one sign away from Scorpio. So Scorpio rules my first house, Sagittarius rules my second house. So the new moon in Sagittarius is in my second house. So I look at second house themed topics. For example, um, work, money. So I would set an intention around Sagittarius themes and second house themes. So I would maybe set the intention to make more money through projects that I get to travel for. Maybe specifically, I set the intention to start running retreats. (laughs) If you've been in the Starstruck or Urban Buddha community for a while, you're like, girl, you keep talking about that. When is it going to happen? Soon. When it does, it's going to be amazing. I don't know. Next, Next new moon in Sagittarius. Come chat with me then. Okay. So I set the intention to start hosting retreats. Then on the first quarter moon, which is going to be in Pisces, because that's four signs away, I'm taking action, but through that Pisces lens intuition. Pisces rules my fifth house. The fifth house is about creativity. So I'm taking intuitive Pisces and creative fifth house action. So maybe I'm starting to make the branding for the retreat. What are the kind of images I want to use for the posts where I sell it? 
what type of swag do I want to give away at the retreat? What type of um, what type of hotel or retreat center do I want to do it at? What do I want the vibe to be? Okay. So I'm taking action around that. Then there's a full moon in Gemini. Gemini rules my eighth house of transformation, intimacy. So on this full moon, I'm releasing, I'm emotionally processing, clearing, celebrating around Gemini themes and also eighth house themes. So I would maybe take myself to a workshop. Maybe I would sign up for a retreat. I would get in the intimate setting because that's the eighth house. And I would maybe talk to the person who ran the retreat and be like, hey, I want to do this. I have been taking this action, but now since it's a full moon, I'm getting pretty emotional about it and I'm feeling overwhelmed, scared. So can you help me? They go, oh my God. Yeah. I actually mentor on the side. Let's chat about it. Then a few days pass by, we get to the last quarter moon in Virgo in the 11th house. So I am editing, I'm taking action through this Virgo lens of like kind of like being specific, but then also the 11th house. So yes, maybe I would reach back out to them like the original example I gave, but when looking at my chart, I can see, okay, 11th house topics, collective humanitarianism. Ooh, maybe I actually need to tune in to like, cool, I'm building a retreat, but why? Like, what's the purpose on the collective? What's the humanitarian impact of doing this healing work around the world? And really making sure that as I move forward, I'm doing so with that discernment in mind. Okay, so can you start to see how like you just start to spin in layers and layers and layers to bring it deeper, 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 more potent, potent, potent to the point where then like instead of me just like, you know, burning something on the full moon night and just being like, okay, I think I'm going to manifest or like, oh my God, I am so overwhelmed. I just want to cry all day. No one, no one talked to me because I don't know how to emotionally process. So I just shut down. I go from doing that to suddenly having this rhythm and process for the intuitive ins and outs of planning my first retreat, right? Like that is the difference between just tuning in to the full moon versus actually dropping into the rhythm, using the Zodiac guides as your influential prompt and then zoning in chart specific what house it is activating for you. Mm, it literally just makes me feel so warm inside to be able to like pass this wisdom down. I'm lit up. I'm lit up. It's so calm and grounded simultaneously. So I know that's a lot of information. I know that every new first quarter, full last quarter moon, it's a lot. You're like, wait, how do I even get the dates for all of these? Wait, how do I know what sign it's in? Oh my gosh, I keep missing it. Wait, what am I supposed to do on this one again? Wait, where in my chart? Wait, what's a, what's a house? What do you mean 11th house, right? Like I understand that what I'm sharing with all of you is not simple. 
In fact, that's literally why I'm sharing it with you. Because this is the stuff that gets left out in order to make astrology accessible. But I don't think it needs to get left out in order for it to be accessible. And that's exactly why I'm here. That's exactly why Starstruck was created. And so if you want to dive into this more, this is exactly what we do inside Starstruck Astrology Moon Club. We meet every new and full moon. We drop in. We look at our charts. I have workbooks for you to move through and pre-recorded videos, instant access videos so that you can sit down with all this and have the dates and have the meaning of what Pisces mean means. Because if you don't have any Pisces major placements, if you're not a Pisces sun, moon, or rising, you might be like, I actually have no idea what that is. Like, what do you mean I'm supposed to set an intention around that? I don't, I don't know what that is. I, I'm there to tell you what it is. I'm there to show you what house Pisces means for you what that even means, how to find it, and then what to do about it. So all of that is instant access resources for you to dive into at your own time. And then on every new and full moon, we meet to share our findings, to ask questions. You might be like, okay, I set an intention in this way. Does that sound right? Am I missing something? The 11th house is actually kind of confusing me. Can you explain more? And we, we dive in, we share. And then I give you resources and reminders for the first and last quarter moons so that you're supported in those in-between periods. Okay, that is Starstruck Astrology Club. Doors are open every new moon. Every new moon you have the opportunity to join. And I have you in the program for six months. It is a six-month container and that is intentional. Because if you join on the new moon in Pisces, you are in it until we get to the full moon in Pisces. And the reason why this is called a full lunation, a total lunation in astrology. And during that time, that phase is a phase of massive intuitive growth. The lessons, sure, you set an intention on the new moon in Pisces, and then by the full moon of Virgo, you'll see some things come through. But in terms of your intuitive development and enlightened connection to your higher self and movement through your soul's destined path, between the new moon in Pisces and then six months later, the full moon in Pisces, there is massive development available to you, especially when you tune into it, especially when you're aware of the cycle. So it's a six month program. It's $148 a month. And I teach you not only how to work with the moon, I support you not only by giving you the details, but it's a place to understand the depth that is available so that you can journey into those specific depths of yourself so that you can enter maybe being like wow okay on every full moon i've been taking the baths journaling i even maybe even bought the starstruck full moon ritual package last full moon 
And now, and then by the end of being in the six month container of starstruck, you're like, wow, yeah, I, all of these specific manifestations and highly targeted points of nuanced growth came through. I'm now connected to rhythm. I'm now running retreats. I'm now uh, in proficient conversation with my intuitive voice. That is the power of moon work. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was informative. It's definitely a lot of information, but that's why I'm here. Like this is the bedrock information that I want you to start leaning into. And then when you enter any starstruck program, we take this information, solidify it, make sure you feel good in it, and then take it deeper and then apply it to like, okay, what does that mean for you as a human? What does that mean for your chart? Okay. I think I'm going to wrap up. I feel like I have some other reflective things to say, but I guess not. I think I know I've reiterated this so many times, but I just want to make it clear. I know like at times my voice can come in as sharp when I'm saying like, oh, on the full moon, you're just, you know, crying in the bathtub. (laughs) That's not wrong. It is so not wrong. But I also know that if you are consistently doing that, you're ready for growth. And I want to show you that the growth isn't just in crying in the bathtub every month. The growth is, sure, crying in the bathtub every month on the full moon, but then also leaning in with this intention, with this awareness, with this focus, with this pursuit of of staying a student and not feeling like just because you're doing the full moon ritual, you're the coolest cat in the room and, and... that's the end. Like, I, I think that's where my frustration comes is I meet so many people who <laughs> maybe don't know I'm an astrologer and start talking about these things. And it comes off as this layer of like, I know this and so I'm better than you and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you some things. And just because you're, you know, you know to do a full moon ritual just because you play around with that trend never means that like you come out of that place as a student and i think what starstruck is is the place for people who are ready to stay students of astrology and keep learning and just because you have enough knowledge to sound cool about it doesn't mean that you want to stop being a student Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yep that's it that feels good so enjoy Doors for Starstruck Astrology Club are opening. If you're listening to this episode when it is released, doors are opening. Let me double check the date. Oh my goodness. I didn't realize I was singing. I'm just like genuinely that excited about it. Doors are opening officially on the 13th of February, but reach out to me as soon as you listen. If you're like, okay, I want to dive in. I can get you pre-enrolled. And like I said, it's $148 a month for six months and you will have massive specific transformation and learn so much about not just astrology, but also yourself in the process. It is a magnetic community. And if Starstruck Astrology Club doesn't speak to you, that's totally fine, but keep tuning into the rhythms of the moon. Every time you look at the moon, 
you know, try to figure out like, okay, is this the first quarter moon? Are we working up towards a full moon? Okay, so I should be taking action now. I should be letting the momentum grow and like let yourself really just feel those intuitive rhythms, truly. It will change your life. So, okay, I'm gonna sign off now. I'm talking too much. My passion is spinning me in circles. But I'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to leave a review, share this episode with a friend, tell me what resonated with you the most, and I will see you on Sunday for our regularly scheduled programming. Mwah.